ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So it's confession time. I have never shared here on the Purpose Girl podcast that I struggle with an achy stomach most of the time. And this has been something that has kind of been with me for, I don't know, maybe my whole life. When I was younger, I actually used to, and I know this is going to gross you out, my friends, I actually used to regurgitate all my food. And not because I was bulimic, but because there was something broken in my body. And I was so embarrassed that my food would come back up on me that I didn't tell anyone. I was so embarrassed that my stomach hurt all the time. And then it was years later after my divorce that I was like, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I should actually do something about this. Maybe my well-being matters. And so I started going to doctors and I actually discovered that I was missing a body part. I was actually missing something that helps to keep the food down, a sphincter. And I had surgery on my stomach in order to heal it. Since then, though, I noticed that I still get achy stomachs, not nearly like I used to. But I notice that I don't feel as good as I think I could. And people would say, well, you should just, you know, change your food or you should do a detox and you should see what works. And I kind of felt like a brat. I'm like, I don't want to go off ice cream. I don't want to go off of cheese. I don't want to go off of bread. And maybe any of you who can identify in your own kind of healing journey or your own challenges with your body and your body trying to give you a message that something needs to shift and change, maybe you can identify with this. And it's only in the last couple of years that I really decided to start paying attention, that I started to realize that the more I pay attention to my body, my, my body is actually trying to tell me something. It wants to heal. It wants to work for me. And that's actually why I started making a bunch of changes in my body whether it's food choices, doing yoga. I used to not go to yoga because I was so embarrassed that I wasn't flexible like everybody else. And that's actually why I like to teach yoga now so that someone can see that, you know, I can't touch my toes. So maybe, you know, they'll feel better that they don't. But this idea of us taking control of our well-being is so important. This idea of us choosing that our health matters. In fact, it might be the only thing that matters because if we do not feel good, we cannot be the women on purpose that we were born to be. We cannot be the sisters or the friends or the mothers or the managers or just the humans because it sucks to feel bad. And so my guest today is the ultimate in helping us to look at our own healing journey, our own body journey, because she has done it herself. I am so excited to introduce you to a woman that I admire like it's going out of style. And full disclosure, one of my soul sisters and best friends, Shira Turkle Rubin. Shira started Soul Flight, which is a wellness, fitness, yoga, 
meditation, just like everything wellness center in Nyack outside of New York. Her knowledge of yoga, fitness, digestive health, body awareness, meditation, nutrition led her to start Soul Flight from the very moment. So when she decided to open her studio in this bustling town, she's certified 200-hour, 500-hour yoga certified teacher, specialties in anti-gravity yoga, which she once did for me, which is like you get into the swing thing and then you go upside down and it's like the coolest thing ever, restorative yoga, kids yoga, digestive yoga, vinyasa yoga, hatha yoga. And she has this ability to create excitement and buzz. She creates community events in her studio. She like lights people up wherever she goes. She's the kindest, most wonderful. She holds women's circles in her yoga studio. And she decided she was going to use this anti-gravity technique that I cannot wait for her to describe to us to rehabilitate her own neck as well as her belly because she herself has suffered from ulcerative colitis since 2007. And the act of tipping herself upside down daily without the pressure on her neck of a headstand or a regular headstand or any, any of that kind of stuff that I cannot yet do in yoga um, has helped her to feel so much better. It's brought her major relief. And so I am so excited for her to share with us her own healing journey and the restorative benefits of like, what can we do? Like if we don't feel good in our gut, what can we do if we don't feel good in our body as well as I want to get into like why yoga matters because it's like been a huge life changer for me. And she is a rock star, kick ass entrepreneur businesswoman as well. So we have so much to talk about. Shira, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Mm, it is my delight. I love you so much. I can't even take it. So Sherry, you have been on this healing journey yourself. So tell us how you were feeling in 2007 and what happened that ultimately you're leading a whole wellness center. Yes. So that's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) Just a little bit, you know, just tell us. Yeah. So 2007 was kind of a crazy year. I was in college at the time. I was studying abroad in Barcelona and loved Barcelona. I had the most amazing time. But while I was there, things kind of hit the fan. My aunt was sick with cancer and she was not doing well. So that was really stressful on me. That, um, Yeah. My childhood cat of, I think she was 21 or 22, actually died while I was away. That was traumatic. Aww. And um, with all of that stress, you know, I had always had stomach issues for since I was super young. But in 2007 is when it really kind of came to a head. Um, it was just like all this stress all at once coming together. And I was in Barcelona and I called my mom and I was like, mom, something is wrong. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. not right. You know, I was in the bathroom a lot and missing out on things and just feeling really bloated and like it wasn't a good situation. So I came mm-hmm. home, had colonoscopy. They've told me I had ulcerative colitis and I was in college. So I just took medicine. Like I didn't really, I wasn't looking to make any changes. You know, I was, let's see, I was just going into my senior year of college at that time. And so I was like, yeah, I just want to feel better. So I took the medicine and finally, I guess it was like 2009 when I decided that I really, the medicine wasn't really making me feel better anymore and I needed something else. So I started searching. Wow. We do that though. We go to medicine first, don't we? 
It's like oh, easy I mean, to pop a pill. Yeah, it's you know, it's like what the doctors say, and you know, I not to say anything bad about Western medicine or Western doctors because obviously they save so many lives, and I'm so grateful for all that they do all the time. But I will say that he said to me, my Western doctor, yeah, don't worry about what you're eating. It's going to be fine. And I'm not saying that all gastroenterologists would say this, but mine did. And, you know, later on, I realized and found out for myself that, hey, buddy, that's just not not true. Not the truth. Right. So here you were going to a GI. And of course, totally agree with you. Love how doctors save so many lives and increase longevity but said that your nutrition didn't matter for your gut? I know. I know. And you know what's so funny is like I was always that kind of like earthy, crunchy, even back then, like with this doctor, even though I wasn't really into yoga then. I I still, you know, I did take yoga. I started taking yoga classes in college, so I was kind of dabbling a little bit. But I kind of always grew up as, you know, my parents were always a little bit more alternative. So I guess I was kind of the image of of that. Um, I gave that kind of image off. So anyway, when I would go in there, he would be like, oh, like, what are you up to now? And so eventually when I told him that I got certified to be a yoga teacher and how I was getting into yoga and how it was really helping me with my stomach, he was like, oh, really? You know, he was very like surprised. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had no idea, right? It's like I was telling him something so brand new. And, you know, this was a while back, so maybe it wasn't as popular then. And maybe it would be different now. I don't know. But when I do see him now, he's like, oh, yeah, I went to a yoga class. And I was like, Dr. <laughs> Cohen, <laughs> what? You're like, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm like, are you telling your other patients this? Because this is a big deal. Right. Yeah. So here you were. You weren't feeling well. And was yoga the first thing you did? Yeah. So in college, because again, in college, I didn't change my diet. So I started doing yoga classes in college because it was helping with stress. It made me feel better. Um, I even, so I went to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and we get to do a, something called the, like, we can take classes at all the five different colleges that are in the area, which is really awesome. Something not that not everybody takes advantage of, but I did. Hampshire College had a one credit yoga class, and I was like, oh my God, sign me up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I got an A in yoga class. Good job. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. But uh, yeah, so that was really the start of my yoga journey, starting in college. And it started to heal your gut? Yeah. So I think, you know, it wasn't enough, though, I will say. It was it was good. And then uh, eventually when I graduated college and I made my way into Manhattan, I still continued taking yoga. And I I found this amazing studio that I really loved, the teacher I really liked, and we connected and she told me about this training and I ended up doing it, but I still wasn't feeling 100%. So that's actually when I started looking up maybe different things with diet. I actually found the Integrative Institute of Nutrition and I, I had signed up for that. And that was also another life-changing thing. And I had originally signed up for that program to help myself. As you can imagine, I wasn't feeling good. So I just wanted to learn like everything that IIN had to offer at the time. And most people do IIN and they're like, oh, you know, maybe it'll help heal me, but I want to be a health coach and I want to help others. And 
I did end up doing that afterwards, but that wasn't my main intention. It was like, listen, I need to feel better myself and how am I going to get there? And that was a really big tool I used to help myself. This is so big. I just want to kind of put a picture frame around it because you not only took yoga, but you said, you know what, this is healing for me. So I'm going to get certified, right? And do the teacher training. And then you were like, you know what? I want to feel even better. And so you took charge of feeling even better and you did a whole nutrition program. Yeah. And I have to say, sure, it's, I mean, something I love about you so much is that you really just go for it. Like if something, if there's something you're curious about or there's something you need, you go for it. And it's so inspiring because how I know for myself, how many years did I feel bad, but I wasn't taking action on it. And I, yeah. it's like, I don't even know why, why, why wouldn't I want to feel better? But I think that this is, this is common for so many people. It's like, we know we should do something differently, but we don't. And so yeah. just listening to you, it's so inspiring. Hey, if you're not feeling well out there, like, and the Western doctor or whatever you're doing, isn't working for you. Like, let's really take charge of our own lives and our own health and do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think people sometimes think, you know, oh, this is hurting me. This is bothering me. And I just kind of live with it and I deal with it. Right. This is, you know what? This is just how it is. It's in my family. It's or... in my genetics. Yeah. Right. 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 I know when my stomach hurts so bad, I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed because I felt like, well, I was regurgitating food. So I was embarrassed that when I went on dates, people would see it, or I was in a business meeting, people would see it. I also was embarrassed because I was gassy. Sometimes I can be like a truck driver. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> I, like, I get it. Paris, right? And so it, I like, I kind of, I think part of me not, not working on it for so long was just kind of wanting it to go away because I felt some shame around it. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, now that I'm, you know, in our group of friends, two of you have this nutrition degree. We talk about this stuff all the time. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is normal. Like so many women are experiencing challenges in their gut or in some health way. And let's all talk about it, not from a complaining perspective, but from a, hey, what tools do you have? Let's, let's help each other heal perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the one thing that I think people do not like to talk about is their poop <laughs> or gas or, you know, what their poop looks like or whatever. It's so funny. My husband calls me the poop doc. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you because I, yeah, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> I love talking about poop. Yeah. I mean, I love talking it's about important. Poop. I mean, it says a lot about your health. That's one of the things that, you know, it's a telltale sign of what's going on inside your body, what's coming out of your body. That is so brilliant. So any of you who are like, you, you're like grossed out or you're cracking up, this is important. It is. Send me your poop pic. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Don't send me your poop pic. <laughs> 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 so are there things that we should know? Like if our poop is runny, what it means? Or if our poop is a certain color, what it means? Um, well, you definitely, as I've been told, sorry if this is a little graphic. I, I really give you that disclaimer. <laughs> Love it. Um, your poop should should be ideally like a brown banana. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I so know. Okay. This is 
important. We need to know. It's true. There's a whole like list online. You can literally look this up and see like a diagram of the different poops. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I just know what the ideal one looks like. So if yours doesn't look like that, don't freak out. Not a huge deal. Maybe you need to drink more water. Maybe, you know, there's something in your diet that doesn't work, you know, for you. It's, it all depends on what's going on. All right. So this is great. Now everybody is going to be like, what was my poop like this morning? (laughs) Exactly. Honestly, if you don't look at your poop, you should. I am all for this. Okay. So, and this is the thing, right? These are, like you said, people don't want to talk about it because we were told like, it's embarrassing, but there's that little book, you know, everybody poops or whatever. (laughs) And so, and so this is so super important. So, so there you were, you're doing the health coaching training really for yourself. And, and what happened? So did the training, met some great friends who I'm still friends with to this day, which is super fun. And I learned a shit ton, excuse my language, but also um, I, I learned that I wanted to focus on helping people heal who have Crohn's and colitis because Crohn's, Crohn's is like the sister to colitis. They're both inflammatory bowel diseases. And so it's IBD, it's called, not IBS, but IBD. Okay. And um, so I learned that was one of the things that I wanted. I wanted to focus on that to help people who have Crohn's and colitis heal. How did I do that? I actually created, I wrote an ebook. I don't know if you know that about me. I did yeah. not know that about you. Yeah, I know. See, this is one of those. You impress me at every turn. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, it's, um, it's still up. I do have a personal website. I'll tell you about that later. But uh, it's called the Fix Your Belly Blues Program. And it was written for to help people who have Crohn's and colitis. And it's basically all the things that I have learned pretty much for myself. So specific things in diet, certain things to stay away from, you know, for example, like really super gaseous vegetables. Like some people are like, oh, and you know, again, everyone who has IBD is a little bit different. So you kind of have to, I always say this when I, when people buy the program, I'll say, Look, if you're fine with broccoli, use broccoli instead of, you know, whatever it else, whatever else I have in there. If you're not okay with string beans, you know, you do the broccoli. Me personally, broccoli is like not okay. <laughs> not okay. Not okay. Or, how do we even figure that out? Well, I mean, it's it? just a lot of, you know what, a lot, I recommend a lot of times when I have worked with people to do a food diary. And I know people might be, be like, oh, shaking their head. Like I've done that before. It's really important and it's very helpful because you are being so super aware of everything you're putting into your body. But not only that, you're also writing down how you feel about what you just put into your body or how you feel afterwards, I mean. So if you just ate a whole meal with chicken and broccoli, which you think would be a healthy thing, but you feel bloated and and gaseous, guess what? Most likely it's that broccoli, you know, and you can test it out the next day have the chicken again and have a different vegetable. You know, the reason I was always turned off to a food diary is that I thought of it as something that you do if you're dieting. Right. So this is a different way to think about it. Exactly. And I've always been turned off to anything that had to do with dieting because I, I think that there's a whole industry. I, I just can't stand the whole industry that's told totally. women that they're wrong with the look of our physical bodies. But so what you're saying is you keep the food diary and it's really about how how do you feel? How do you feel when you eat or after you eat? 
Yeah. How an hour after you eat, what's going on? Did you have to go to the bathroom right away? You know, especially for those that have IBD, like how did it affect your bathroom habits? Like, were you in the bathroom three more times than you were yesterday? You know, it, it's all very important to keep track of what's going on. And then you can change, you know, change something the next day and see how that affects you. You know, what I tell people, it is a lot about food, but it's not just food also. It is the yoga and the meditation aspect. It all intertwines, which I think a lot of times when people go to some kind of a practitioner, you know, maybe it's a nutritionist or some other kind of health coach or whatever, and they have IBD, the person might only focus on food, but it's that aspect of yoga and meditation that has really been the extra it's it's like gone the extra mile for me to help get me feeling so much better so it's mm-hmm. a combination this is so important i've gotten so into yoga in the last year and i wasn't before because i was so inflexible i was embarrassed and now i realize no one's looking at me i'm the only one looking at me right mm-hmm. it's so important so tell us a little bit more about how yoga and meditation help with physical pain or just with our physical, like I wouldn't have associated stomach pain with yoga or stomach illness with yoga healing. Help us make that connection. So there's so many different poses that can be done, especially. And so I always try to remind clients about this because when they're in a flare or they're having pain, it's so challenging. It's challenging for me too. Challenging to be like, oh, wait a minute. I have those tools in my back pocket I can use. But it's so important to keep them there because when you do feel good, you have tools that you can use. So anyway, I there are multiple poses. Um, I can give you an example. Like my favorite one, I would say, is restorative bridge pose. So for anybody that doesn't know what that looks like, I'll kind of paint you a quick picture. Basically, you're laying on the floor. You are lifting your hips up, just a gentle lift. And you can place underneath your sacrum or the bony area where your waistband is either a pillow, um, a blanket, something to lift your hips up. And what that does, and you can go as high or as not as high as you want, depending on what's going on with your back and you know how it makes you feel. But the idea is that it's creating space in your belly. And if you just think about that, right, close your eyes right now and just kind of think about creating space in your belly. Yeah. Mm. And breathing into that space, that's the hardest part sometimes. Sometimes when we're sitting up, you can almost imagine your organs are like kind of like crunching into one another. When you're laying down and you're opening up your chest and you're lifting your pelvis up, you're able to breathe into that space. And so mm. that is like the most healing pose. I do that with all my, my IBD clients. Wow. I mean, I'm just doing a little version of it sitting here uh, while we take this and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Right. When we're crunched, I mean, I'm crunched over this microphone right now. And, you know, that means all my organs are not in the right place. So yeah. it just feels so good to put my shoulders back and my chest open and my belly open. Beautiful. And so that can really heal, help to heal the gut. Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. And then I mean, talking about the anti-gravity aspect, that is takes it to a whole other level because so for those that don't know anti-gravity, basically you are we're hanging from hammocks hanging from the ceiling. So 
kind of like a Cirque du Soleil silk situation, except that it's two points hanging from the ceiling and not just one hanging down. So it makes like a loop. And we can do all different kinds of stretching and opening. And really, it helps you go a little bit deeper than you would go in a regular mat yoga class. But one of the most healing and important things that I do with my IBD clients is to get them upside down without any pressure on their neck and their back. So basically, you're hanging from your hip bones. So a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, I have an inversion table. That's great. Um, however, the inversion table, you're hanging from your ankles, and your ankle bones are super small. They're very easy to separate. But when you hang from your hip bones, they're so much more sturdy, and you just feel a lot more stable. So I recommend if you have an inversion table that you try an anti-gravity yoga class. It's really incredible. And I did it with you. I had only seen these anti-gravity hammocks like on your Instagram page or other people who post that they did these. And I thought, well, that looks cool. And then we were away for the weekend and you happened to have one in, you know, in, in your house in upstate New York. And so you pull it out. And I wish you all could have seen this. I'm thinking there is no way, there is no way I'm going upside down on that thing. Right. And she was like, we're such good friends. She's like, you can do it. You can trust me. And I'm thinking, oh my God, first of all, am I going to break this thing? Like, is it going to fall down? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, like a little self-conscious about it, even though I don't think I'm fat or anything, just, you know, you have that, like I had that fear. Well, everybody then, has that. That's normal. Well, everyone knows, right? And then everyone. you were so gentle with me and taking me step by step. And I didn't know what it would feel like. And when you, when I was like all in position, you tilted me over, it felt so good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how good it could feel for the blood to go in the other direction right. toward my head. I mean, it was like, it was very freeing. I felt like I could let go of control. Absolutely. That and think about all the space you're creating all throughout your abdomen. You're letting all your organs breathe almost. Sometimes I explain that when, I, when we're in class, in my class, I'll say, you know, let your organs breathe because they, there's room. There's, you're creating space between them. I mean, how cool is that? Oh my God. It, I just feel like this is so delicious. I don't know about all of you out there, but as I hear, let your organs breathe, <laughs> I feel like my whole body melts because we're so busy, so often, all day long, just running, 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 so busy, 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 that if we're even thinking about our body, then it's typically to be critical about a belly or about hips or about a butt or right as opposed to let me think about what's inside my liver and my kidneys and my belly and let me give it some love and let them breathe that's so beautiful shira mm -hmm. thanks yeah i mean it's it's pretty it is an incredible situation my my job these days because i get to basically tip people upside down for a living and i get <laughs> to like watch them just enjoy and feel like a child sometimes and just, you know, feel like just in their bliss. And it's, it's really right. incredible. I've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me, you know, how grateful they are and how much they love the studio and how, and I'm always blown away every time. I'm always like, huh, wow. You know, this really is making a difference. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's, let's chat about this. So you don't just teach yoga and don't just help people with your ebook. You opened your own yoga studio at what age? I guess I was, was I 29 or 28? Okay, yeah. hold the fort, okay? 
I didn't even know this. You were 28 or 29 when you opened your own yoga studio. Uh-huh. Okay, you are such a rock star badass. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your studio because I know it's more than just yoga. It's like a wellness center for your entire community. Yeah. So we're in Nyack, New York. It's about 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. And we have anti-gravity aerial yoga classes. We have mat yoga classes, bar fitness classes. We do also have Pilates as well on the schedule. And then we have a ton of workshops all the time. Different, uh, A lot of different ones. We just had one about the science of happiness. Karen, you would have loved that. <laughs> Who did that? Why did I not do that? <laughs> well, it was about, it was just, a, it was the, it, it was the topic was the yoga sutras. So it was like a yogic philosophy one. Got it. That's, um, that's why I didn't do it. That's why you didn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you could do one about women's happiness. Sign me up. But yes, and we do have a women's circle and all different kinds of events coming up in the new year. So it's, it's really, it's a fun place to be. <laughs> So you've built a community there over the last five or six years or so. So for anyone out there who's a budding entrepreneur, maybe has a journey like you where something has helped them heal, something has inspired them, and they say, oh, I want to help other people with that. How, how did you even get started with opening your own yoga studio? Honestly, I knew and really felt that, especially since we moved out of the city, I knew that the area we were living in, Nyack is like the main kind of city area. There were already five yoga studios already in town. So I knew that that wasn't really going to work and that wasn't really going to be, I, I couldn't compete, right? Even though I'm different, I offer digestive yoga. I It was not going to fly, in my opinion. I, I was also very afraid of failure. I will admit that. So my mom took me to an anti-gravity aerial yoga class in New Jersey. And the first time, actually, I didn't know that I loved it. I, I was actually in hurting a little bit, to be completely honest. And I was like, Mom, are you sure about this? And she was like, no, just try it one more time. <laughs> I love it. Go, Mom. Go, Mom. She really is. I like, give her the credit. She took me to my first few classes. So then I went again. And I loved it. And I Mm. said, and my mom had actually, so she was back in the day a yoga teacher. So she had done her anti-gravity teacher training uh, certification before I had even done mine. I don't know if you know that. No, I knew she taught at your studio, but I didn't know that she actually got the certification first. Yes, she did. Well, I must meet this woman. She is. She is very cool. You will meet her one day for sure. So she did her training first. I was inspired, but I don't know. I, I, you know, I needed a little bit of time to take some classes and get kind of comfortable. Eventually I did do my training and I just banged them all out at once. There was like multiple trainings to do in New York City and I just did all of them (laughs) because it just, I don't know, I got inspired. Yeah. And I said, well, this is going to be it. This is going to be the one. We are going to be, or I am going to be opening, because it's really just me, uh, an anti-gravity aerial yoga studio. And we're going to be the first in Rockland County, New York. And that was where the idea came from. And then, wow. yeah, we started at, in this very small studio. Like that was, again, I was afraid of failure. So I didn't, as long as I could pay the rent, I could pay the teachers. I knew we were going to be fine. And we started, it was like this one little room upstairs. We had um, 
five student hammocks, one teacher hammock, so six hammocks hanging. And we only did anti-gravity. We didn't have anything else at the time. It was awesome. My dream was to just create wait lists upon wait lists so that there would create demand. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. I, I, I got to back up a second. It didn't just happen. All right. You're on the Purpose Girl podcast, so we need to give you a little bit of credit. What did you do for it to happen? Oh, I need you to brag. Yeah. I need you to brag a little bit. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I worked my ass off. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> I pushed through fear because for a really long time, and you can ask my the whole family about this because I was in kind of this in-between stage for a long time. You know, I was neither here nor there. I was a yoga teacher, which was great, but I was like running around. I was exhausted. I was going from studio to studio and just like not being fulfilled. Like it was not working for me. And so I knew that like I just wanted to be in one place and to get there. Yeah, it was it was tough. Um there was a lot of doubt, a lot of fear, a lot of being unsure, feeling unsure of myself and of the idea and you know, I will say though Chad, my husband, was really like behind me from the get-go. He was like, you know, you can do this. Like, you got this. Mm, go Chad. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I come from a, lot, a family of entrepreneurs. Everyone in my family is an entrepreneur. So it's kind of in my blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll brag about that. Yeah. And then you married an entrepreneur. I did. And his family came is entrepreneurs. So it's like... So there's really no choice. We're going to open our own studio. So you talk about getting over fear. There was a ton of fear. There was a ton of doubt. Yeah. And it sounds like a big tool there was having a support system. Yes. That was huge. And you said, work your ass off. So what are... What are some of the things you even remember about what you needed to do? Was it the number of hours you worked? Was it the relationships you needed to build? Was it the customer connection and relationship? Yeah, I mean, it was all of that. I mean, first I needed to, A, find a space. That was really the start of the business. I don't even think that I had a website or anything up. I found the space first and then it's like I went backwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that, so it was like creating, you know, creating a brand, creating a business. I had no, I didn't go to business school. I had no idea what I was doing. I learned on the job. Um, Luckily, my husband was also an entrepreneur at the, you know, he was, he had already started his business. He's an, he's an e-commerce and now in the software business. So he has many things going on, but he knew a lot. (laughs) Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. figured it out for himself too. Yeah. Anyone out there, if you're not married to an entrepreneur, it's okay. I think that the lesson that I'm really picking up here is to find people who have, if you're interested in starting a business, find people who have started businesses. Yes. And really, maybe you apprentice with them. Maybe you ask them for coffee. Maybe you buy them coffee. You learn exactly. what it is that you need to keep doing. And then you surround yourself with people who can help you with it. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be your husband. Totally. It could be anybody who has a successful business who has, is willing to sit down with you and just, you know, tell you how, what needs to happen. Like I didn't know about getting an LLC or S corp or whatever. I didn't know about, you know, accounting and, um, all these things. I, it was just learning as I went. And I think a lot of times people get stuck on that kind of a thing. Yes. It yeah. seems like you say all those letters and, you know, for yeah. some people that just like tunes out because that's how my brain used to be. Just like tune it out. Yeah. And, and instead, anytime you find yourself, at least this is what I've learned. If I find myself tuning out instead, that's the moment for me to lean in and for me to get curious and say, all right, how do I learn that? Yeah. And to find somebody who know and who, who is passionate about that. I mean, for sure, I'm not passionate about accounting and figuring all that. I am not a numbers person. And I am like, so grateful for those on my team who can help me out with that. Because I know for sure that like, I am not. Yes. <laughs> right, right. We have yeah. to surround ourselves with the people who love that, who get turned on right. by it, and that they are going to be more than happy to support you in doing it. Absolutely. I always would say, know your strengths and it's okay that not everything is your strength. Like ask for help when you need help. It's so, that is the most important thing. I One of the most important things I've learned about being a business owner, ask for help. You can't mm. do it all alone. You just can't. That is so big. So good. So now how big is your studio? We so we moved, right? So we expanded after we were busting out of the seams of this small studio. Um, 2000, April of 2017, we moved into this storefront, and we now had the dream really was this current location like, this is the dream. The other space was like a holding pattern just to make sure the dream was real, (laughs) gonna work, yeah, gonna work, Which, which I think is a great strategy, actually. You know, I think a lot of people, I did this myself. It was like, I built my first website as an example on my Mac and it was free and it was one page, right? I think we also get caught up from starting something because there's the, don't know how to do all those other pieces like we talked about. And there's also the idea that something seems too huge. So start small. I mean, I love this. You're saying you started with one room and that you could take five students, Mm -hmm. right? So, so now you have this storefront. Now we have a storefront. We have two different studios. So we have one on the main level and one in the lower level. The main level has 11 student hammocks. So 12 hanging hammocks because one is for the teacher and downstairs five students, one teacher. So six hammocks. And so it's like the same as our old studio, which actually people like. They do like Mm -hmm. sometimes being down there because it's like really super intimate. Even our one upstairs is still, or on the main level, um, it's still pretty intimate because it's only 11 students and people people really feel like they're being held and cared for. You know, I have to say our instructors are like rock stars. They are such amazing, they're all women actually, I'll brag about that. Yeah, for sure. Men, love men. And one day I hope that we do have a male teacher on staff. But right now, as we speak, they're all women and they are badass women. And I love them. Yes, so good. So good. So good. So you mentioned before one thing that you have learned along the way. What are two other things that you've learned along the way that you would want to share with any woman out there who has been thinking about starting a business or following her passion and isn't quite sure what to do? For me, 
the biggest, one of the biggest thing was also building and creating community and reaching out to community. Mm. So if you're, it kind of goes with the same thing about asking for help. It's kind of in the same field. It's like, again, you can't do everything on your own. So yes, reach out to the experts in your community, but also reach out to those surrounding you that you love who can just be supportive and be in your, on your side of, you know, the fence. To, yeah. Amen. Oh my gosh. Amen. I mean, in full disclosure, I told all of you that Shira is a soul sister and one of my best friends. And we became that because we're in a mastermind together where the idea is that we're four women entrepreneurs who are all in the healing fields in some way, different ways. And we support each other with our businesses, but we also just support each other with life. Mm -hmm. right? Whether it is talking yeah. about in-laws or personal, how we feel or our poop or whatever. It's, mm -hmm. this is the best thing about being a woman is it's, it's, it's that support, that holistic support. Yeah. Love that. Definitely. It's huge. So reach out to people. I would just say to break through the fear, because that was one of the things that really held me back for a long time. And as soon as I crossed over, it's like I never looked back. Like I was like, holy crap, it took me so long. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was doing an interview with someone yesterday where I, I was in your position, right? They were interviewing me and they asked me what were the three things I would tell my younger self. And that was one of mine as well is I look back at the eight years between when I realized that this is what I wanted to do in the world and when I actually took the step to do it. And I wish I would tell my younger self, like, it's going to be fine. Do it now, right? Because right. those were eight more years that I could have been living in this joy and helping more women. And we really do hold ourselves back out of fear. Definitely. So this is so huge. So huge. So Shira, you are incredible. You're totally one of my role models in healing, in business, in being direct and going for it. So one of the things I like to do on the Purpose Girl podcast is what I call a purpose power play round. And it's just me asking you a couple of questions. And the first thing that comes to your mind is the right answer. You want to play? Yes, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay. So question number one. What is a book you've read recently that you love? Body Belief by Amy Raup. Oh, and Amy is your She's acupuncturist. Yes. Yep. Yes. So what is Body Belief about? She is all about helping women with fertility. And so it's all about listening. It's pretty much a lot about what we're talking about right now is um, listening to your body, believing in your body, and there's all different kinds of meditations and things in the book. It's really good. So good. I love Amy. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Shout out to Amy. Okay, so number two, let's go back to little Shira. Okay, let's like go back in time to when you were a little girl. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, this is going to be funny. A mailman. Not a male woman, ah! a mailman. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I remember this so vividly. My mom one day was like, what are you going to be? I'm like, a mailman. <laughs> I was so serious. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Yeah. Did she say, do you mean a male lady? And you were like, no. I don't even man. remember. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what it was about being a mailman that was interesting to you? Who knows? Probably just connect. Again, it's probably community, connecting with the people and 
going totally. to their doors and being all friendly and petting the dogs and all of that. I was so feeling that. So, you know, I have this belief that whatever we wanted to be when we were younger, it might not be a one for one. So what to what we're exactly supposed to do in the world, but that there's information there. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I was thinking is like that here you are, you have this you have this yoga studio, which is really like a wellness center for your community. And you've told me so much about how much you love your students and clients and it's those relationships. And so it makes so much sense. So much sense. Yeah. Oh, I also forgot we have massaged and Reiki at the studio oh. too. I can't believe I forgot that. Anyone out there in Rockland County, obviously, you know where you need to go for sure. Come visit. <laughs> okay. Well, this is awesome. I have learned so much and I adore you so much. I need everyone who is in Rockland County or anywhere near there to go visit you. Or maybe people can find you your ebook and can find you online because I know that you give such great stuff on your Instagram. Where do people find you? So for Soul Flight, you can go to our website, soulflight.com. Just has a lot of info about who we are, all of our teachers, all of our staff. And then it's F-L-Y-T-E, just so you know. And as well, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Twitter, all the things, even Pinterest. So good times. Oh, and YouTube, if you want to see some videos of what we're doing. Although sometimes on Instagram we post too. Um, for my ebook, it is on my personal website. It's shiraturkle.com. Both of these are in the show notes so that you know how to spell all of this. You know how to spell soul flight. You know how to spell turkle. And you want to make sure this is great. I'm going to go get your ebook because I didn't even know that you wrote it. And <laughs> I could totally use all this stuff around my gut. It's so, so, so helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Shira, so much for your advice, for your humor, for our poop talk, for just sharing your business tips. It's so, so needed. We love, love, love having you. And for all of you out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You are what is making this podcast so popular. I am so thrilled and I want to thank the women in Malta. I want to thank the women in Great Britain who have put the Purpose Girl podcast on the charts for self-help. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you all of you all over the world who are making the Purpose Girl podcast the place where we are changing the world one woman at a time. As always, if you liked this episode, and we hope that you did, please download it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it five stars. Review it. Tell us what you love. Send me an email at Purpose Girl. Tell me what it is that you loved about it. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Karen Rockhind. You can find me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind. And the most important thing you can do is to send this podcast to every woman that you know who is challenged in their healing, who is experiencing gut health, and or who wants to start a business that is truly based on their passion. We want to change the world one woman at a time, and we are doing it together. So with that, may you live purposefully, may you love yourself, and may you love life. Bye for now.